I am so thrilled to be joining you one more time. We are coming to you with Yes Ministries podcast, and we're going to dig into dreams again. Many of you were blessed by the last episode where we talked about dreams, but we really felt from some of your responses and from some of the conversation we continued to have that there is more to this topic. The language of God, dreams and visions and how God speaks to us in words and sayings and parables almost. It's how God speaks to people. And so I think it was like going on an adventure. I I, I don't know, Patrick, how did you feel about it? Uh, You know what? It's... It was uh, once you get that rolling, kind of like the knobby flow. One mm. stream leads to another, leads to another. And when I listened back, I realized there's a lot more mm. to discuss. You know, there's there's got to be a part two. Yeah, you know, this such a wide field that you pretty much you, you couldn't cover it in five conversations. I mean, as That's you true. would know. So we'll see where the Lord leads us this week. Mm. That's good. Well, you've always been a dreamer, though. You've had dreams. Yes, I've had dreams. You know, I've been a believer my whole life, but it. And I've had dreams, but I didn't start taking them seriously mm. until maybe three or four years ago. That's good. And as we discussed last week, really seeing the prophetic significance mm. of growing in dreams and how that will infect my entire prophetic walk. Gosh, even in the last two years, last year. And uh, I think for all of us, and I think that why the Lord is touching on this, especially in this season, mm. the Lord is really highlighting the avenues of which he's speaking right now, dreams being one of them. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's almost as though because um, we're all more secluded yes, or sequestered, <laughs> quarantined, shut isolated, in. shut in. <laughs> we're in a place now where the busyness of things that mm-hmm. were taking up all of our attention have been stripped away in a fashion so that as God is speaking, we can focus more now intentionally yes. on the voice of God and the ways in which God speaks. And I think it's a unique time at this moment for God's people to learn more of the language of God and also for us who have walked in this together to share these keys, to help people dig in. Right. Um, it's a good season. It's almost like being less encumbered, per se, with yeah. things that would take away from our uh almost expectation mm. of dreams. Um, I was going to ask you about that later, but maybe I'll, I'll ask now mm-hmm. in regards to lifestyle of dreams, uh, turning off noise, things that will prime the pump per se. Is that what you think the Lord is doing as well in this season with the falling back mm. of a lot of noise? I do. I do. I think many times when we look at, at the nature of God, from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation, the nature of God is that God is a speaking God. Yes. That's why often when God speaks of himself and prophets declare God, they always say that our God speaks and his people hear, but other gods have mouths but cannot speak for Uh they are man-made. Yes. So God loves to make it clear to his people that he is a speaking God. Now, it would make no sense for a God to be a speaking God unless he made his people to be hearing people. Yes, amen. So we now, over and over in scripture, Genesis chapter one, in the beginning, God said, let there be light in the very end of the book of revelation. And the Lord declares, Mm. behold him, see the lamb come and rest. So the end of the book is God talking to his people. The beginning of the book is God talking to creation in the middle of the book is Jesus talking to all of us. Wow. So we must train our ear to hear. Yes. I do believe many times the noise of life 
when we hear more from the world, from our lives, from our pain, from our stress, from busyness, when we hear more, when our ears are filled with noise, we often cannot distinguish his voice. And so the less noise you give your ear to, we all have things in life that we need to focus on, but the less noise you hear or the more actively you disseminate okay. and pull the noise out from being priority, his voice now gets the number one position again. So this would be one of those new patterns he's probably setting in the seasons of the well. Yes. Coming out of this quarantine, this time, more focused on his voice mm. in that avenue of how he's speaking. Absolutely. Okay. You are a phenomenal musician Agreed. and you've been involved yeah. in music for years and years. Yes. If you have everyone singing and playing at the exact same level as a group effort, it's beautiful and it comes through. But there are times for the song to have impact and power, someone has to take the lead. Yes, there, there has to be dynamic. Come on, yes. There has to be a, a rise and fall, mm. but there it's, a, it's like a sound wave, how it goes up and down. There has to be a, an arrangement of the pieces or the orchestration as such mm. that where when this person rises, this other person falls to support that. Mm. But they can't support a soloist if you're playing at the same level or you're playing at the, even the same speed. Mm. You know, normally when somebody's soloing per se, the other instruments will hold longer notes, like whole notes, half notes. Yes. It's called comping, a C-O-M-P-I-N-G underneath another instrument. So... For there to be impact, there has to be dynamic. Other things have to get quieter so the thing that is highlighted can get louder. Or not even so much louder a lot of times. Mm. The thing that's highlighted just can be heard yes. in the midst of not even noise, it's music, but it can turn to noise mm. if there is no dynamic. Now that right there, that's the place we're going. It's part of what dreams are. Is God causing the sounds that have always been there, the words, the declarations, the leading of his spirit, but in the place of life, he lets you go to sleep so that all those things that have been constant in your ears throughout the day suddenly get a little bit quieter yes. and you realize mm. his voice that was always there is now painting a picture, revealing a revelation, giving you instruction, and your sleeping heart has actually keyed into his waking uh, voice. Oh, wow, that's good. Because the rest of your life just began to comp, the comping. Yes, The yes. rest of your life now has become simply background singing to his solo voice. Yes. And you wake up going, that was a magnificent release of God's presence <laughs> and power. And God goes, I've been trying to it tell you that. was there the that. whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's good. I like that. That's That helps me right now. Shoot. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. That's what he's establishing right now. Yes. And so for dreams, for many people, as we're practicing this in this hour, as we're slowing our life down, mm -hmm. as we're intentionally hearing God, as we're turning the noise of life down, it's very simple that even in this hour, I say to people, part of this learning the language of God and walking with God is your dreams will have greater and greater impact and leave a greater impression when you begin to withdraw the noise of all the other voices you're putting in your ear before you go to bed. Okay. 
So I'm very intentional about what I hear, what I listen, and what I meditate on before going to sleep. Um, how much news I listen to in that last hour. What does it say technically? Last hour, half an hour? Literally for me, it's about that last hour to hour, hour and so. a half. Okay. I can hear something, you know, that's um, light or humorous. Mm -hmm. I can watch uh, a movie that's adventurous, mm -hmm. um, but I cannot feed myself right before going to sleep. Um, high action adventure. Okay. Um, I can't watch people getting blown up. Right. I mean, I can't hear really negative stuff. Like dark stuff, negative. Yeah. Dark stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some TV shows that I can enjoy in the daytime that I can't watch at night, not because they're immoral, illegal, or unholy, because they leave such an impression yes. on me emotionally. Me too. Yes. That my emotions may play out something in my dreams. Mm. So it's like giving yourself a clean slate for God to write on. That last hour or so, I wiped the blackboard clean, clean and I just let something light, something refreshing, or simple news um, from a news channel that isn't highly political on either side, okay. just getting information about the world. Sure. And then when I go to sleep, God writes on the paper I give him. That's good. Yes, sir. That clean slate mm. you've erased yes. or let the other voices come down yes, and evaporate per se. Absolutely. Okay. okay. And that's about an hour before bed, yeah. an hour, hour and a half normally? Yeah. And I, I call it many times just detoxing. Detoxing. You've got to detox your ears from the noise of the day. I detox my heart from all those other conversations I've had where I had to talk mm. to people. So Lord, now that you're talking to me, I can hear you anytime. But I know that when I go to sleep often, you're going to give me something revelatory, something impactful. So let me... Make sure I'll pray about people and bless people. If anything uh, bitter has happened through the day, yes, okay. I pray for them and speak life over them. Literally, while I'm watching that last hour of light TV or I'm making some coffee or you know a cup of tea right before that last hour when I'm resting, I'll be reading some scriptures, checking on my last few emails, simple things, and just blessing people. So I'm not, you know, going into a long hour of right. prayer at that moment where I'm, Lord, I'm blessing the whole world. No, Father, I remember what happened today and I just pray mercy for them. And where I was wrong, I'm sorry. And I speak blessing over them and I'll send them a message in the morning and make it right. Or I'll message them tonight. And where they were wrong, I speak forgiveness and I bless them and I detox my heart. I get all of that out so that I'm not having dreams right. about those people or those things. And I wake up going, well, was that God speaking about them? Many of those dreams are because we didn't pray out the issue. Almost like renewing, Lord, renewing me a right spirit. Yes. Similar, similar concept. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So the clean slate, okay. give yourself a clean slate. Clean slate. That's good. There's a scripture, I think, that goes with what we're talking about. Job chapter 33. Now, there's a lot in the book of Job that nobody needs to preach or try to teach. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I like the book, but it's interesting. I'm, a lot of people don't like to go to Job. I love the book of Job. Job or something. I don't know. Oh, well, a lot of people are terrified of the book of right. Job. Because they, they think if they read it, it's, it's an gonna invitation. Happen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can read the Bible. You can read the book of Revelation and not think the Antichrist is living right, next yeah. door. Yeah. <laughs> so you said uh, Job 33? Job 33. 
So Job 33, let's look at verse 12. Behold, in this you are not just. I will answer you that God is greater than man. Why do you strive against him? For he gives not account of any of his matters. For God speaks once, ah, twice, but man perceives it not. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, in slumberings upon the bed, he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. How have I missed that? <laughs> In thinking about dreams, I have not thought about Job or this scripture. Is that not one of the greatest scriptures on dreams? It's like, well, you know, when you read a scripture, you know you've read it, but it's never coming back to remembrance for whatever reason. Yes. I would not have known that was there right now. Well, if you thought that was great, look at verse 17. That he may withdraw man oh, from his purpose wow, okay. and hide pride wow. from man. God makes it clear here. This is this is Elihu speaking. So Elihu, Job's friends, nothing Job's friends said. Later on, God says, nothing your friends said was correct. <laughs> so everything the other three said was supposition and assumption. Do they represent? The, the three friends? They do. Okay. They do. Oh, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll okay, teach on that later. Say, okay. <laughs> because that's a great subject. Elihu literally represents the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who will speak to you in your ear. And then God shows up and speaks to Job face to face and says, Step out of your tent. So Elihu is the wisdom that calls you back to God. Okay. And then God himself is the encounters you have when you begin to hear wisdom. Wow. Because Elihu's words were true. What Elihu says, verse 12, in this you are not just, I will answer thee that God is greater than man. So the first thing he says is, realize that natural thinking will never agree with supernatural wisdom. Amen. So God gives dreams. God sends his word. He sends words of knowledge and words of wisdom. He directs us prophetically because our natural mind outside of his word and his spirit will never end up at the right location. Mm -hmm. So many are the plans in a man's heart, but it right. is the Lord's purpose that shall prevail. So God knows outside of knowing him, we will never end up at the right location. Right. So that's his first statement. The second statement, why does man fight with God? Why are you fighting with God? Why do we always strive against the will of God? Because God doesn't owe you an answer for he giveth not account of his matters. So God speaks once. Okay. So how does God speak once? The first time we understand God spoke once in what? All of creation. Oh, I see. Okay. For all creation declares the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. The earth shows his firm for uh, his handiwork. So the heavens declare that God is supreme. When you see the heavens, you know that there is a God somewhere for the sun, the moon, and the stars were made by a designer. It says, but the earth is his handiwork. That shows his creativity, that God was intricate in his design and thoughtful in his process. Mm. So if you want to know how supreme God is, look at the heavens. If he made the sun, he is burning brighter than the sun. If he made the moon, his glory is greater than the moon. If he made the myriad of stars, that means his 
thoughts are more vast than the stars for whatever a man makes, he is greater than what he made or he would Ah. not be the creator. Yes, amen. So he says the heavens declare the glorious, supreme, set apart nature of God. The earth shows his creativity because we cannot walk across a sun or a star to see the intricate designs. But when we look at a leaf, um, when we look at a rainbow, when we look at the different fish in the sea, everything is so different and made for us to enjoy that it automatically opens the mind to know he was intricately involved with creation before he put you here and he gave you to creation to rule it and creation to you to be enjoyed. (laughs) This is his handiwork. My, my. Yeah. That's his opening statement, pretty much. That's his opening statement. (laughs) First time he's speaking. He (laughs) says, let's settle this. Before I tell you how God talks to you, let me make it clear. God is supreme, Mm. creative, and powerful. And then he says, how does God speak to a man? He doesn't speak to a man when you're sitting out yelling and screaming, and I demand you give me an answer. For God owes no man an account. That's what the word says. But in a dream. In a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men, in slumbers upon the bed, he opens the ears of men. So God makes it clear through Elihu that God says, it doesn't matter who you are or where you are. At night, I will speak to any human anywhere on the planet to reveal to them that I am real, I am present. And I am loving them. God says, that dream came from me. There are people who are not born again, who've had dreams where when they finally get saved, they go, God spoke to me when I was a kid. I had a dream about this. I saw myself in other countries and never understood (laughs) it. Because dreams are not held just for believers. It's held for all people made in God's image Ah, because God wants all men to know him. Yes. And they have the receptors built in for him. Yes. Amen. So God says in a dream, I'll speak to you. Every one of us now has to pay attention that if God says he'll speak in dreams, that those dreams, we talked last week about the four kinds of dreams. So we're talking this week about God dreams. A God dream is given to Awaken your heart to awaken your destiny and to awaken your hunger. He awakens the heart. Things that I did not know. Things that I did not realize were for me. Things that I did not understand could be for my family. He awakened my heart. He awakened my destiny. I didn't know I was called to do that. I didn't know I was called to go to those nations, but I saw myself in those countries in a dream. He awakened my destiny. I began to look at it and think about it and walk toward it. Or he awakens hunger. Suddenly I want something I never wanted before because I saw it in a dream. Uh I was content in this house, but I keep dreaming about a bigger house because God wants to do ministry in that house, not because I need to prove it to the neighbors. God awakens hunger for something by letting you see it because fear will tell you you can't have it and rejection Mm. says you don't deserve it. So God has to wait till you go to sleep so your soul can't fight his invitation. And that's like uh, the pure definition of the prophetic. 
Come on, Heart, sir. destiny, hunger. Yes. This is a very pure form of the prophetic, God give, a God dream. Absolutely. Amen. Can you imagine? I love what you just said. I, I want us to rest there just for a second. The pure form of the prophetic is God knowing what he created you for, calling you to what you were designed to be, <laughs> forgetting all your mistakes, not paying attention to any of the issues because God knew before you made the mistake that you were going to make it. And he sends a prophetic word before your trouble to tell you about your end result. That's the beauty of a dream. God waits till you can't argue. (laughs) (laughs) And he writes on that clean blackboard, that clean slate and says, here's who you are. Here's where you're going. Now wake up and erase your old thinking and put this new dream in its yes, place. Yes. Yes, sir. Erase your old drink, old, old thinking <laughs> and put this new dream yes. in its place. Rewrite, rewrite that, what you were thinking, what you're going through, the answer to that question yes, that you sir. may have had. He's, he's giving it to you. Mm. Mm. That's exactly Amen. what it is. That's, That's good. Exactly. I like that. Mm. Now, this next verse that's so powerful goes with it. Then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. So I love that because literally it says in a dream, from a dream, God says he will open the ears of men. Hmm. So one of the things that amazes me is when it says here, he will open the ears of men and sealeth their instruction. Sealeth literally means it's the kotam, kotam. In that Hebrew word, kotham or chotham, chotham, it means to seal, to affix a seal. Affix a seal, okay. So it literally means when you affix that seal, it means to close up, to seal like a plumber would seal a pipe. I see, okay. So normally we hear a seal and we think of like the seal you place upon an envelope. A stamp or envelope, okay. But the word seal the reason they would say seal an envelope is because you were putting that hot wax on it and right. seal it. It meant to cause to be unopenable. Uh, so when you saw the seal broken, you knew it had been opened. Right. It's the same mindset. If a plumber seals a leak, it means you're stopping what was lost. When he says God opens the ears of men and sealeth their instruction, he literally means I'm giving you a dream because the wisdom you need, you're leaking out. My, my. Wow. Okay. You're leaking knowledge. You're leaking wisdom. So I'm going to give you a dream that's not tainted by people's opinions of you. Mm. That's not messed up by your history of yourself. That doesn't have your mama's issues with you in her <laughs> words or your best friend's issue at this moment. Yes. I'm going to give you a dream. And that dream, when you receive it from God, it seals the leaks in your wisdom. Wow. So that you stop losing what you need to go for. Is that having to do with like a, a scroll, like a seal on the scroll? Is that a similar concept? It's similar concept, but this would be more like if you had, um, ah, so if you had that new wine. Right. And the wine back then would be put into, it was made of uh, goat skin or sheep skin, sometimes made from um, the, the skin right. or from the belly. Right. Or a bladder. Mm. When they would take that and clean it out, 
when it started to get old and it would spring a leak, you didn't just sew it. You had to make sure you cleaned it out, opened it up, sealed that hole, sewed it shut, sealed it, and put water in it again and check for leaks. Ah. To seal the things mean it has been checked for imperfections and approved for use again. Amen. The Lord says, I'm going to give you a dream that seals up those imperfections, your unbelief, and makes you ready for use again. So you stop letting rejection and people's words disqualify you. Fear won't hold you because I'm going to open your ear and then seal what was leaking. Uh, Seals up unbelief. Seals up unbelief. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) This last verse that he may withdraw man from his purpose. Now, again, I just love breaking this down. It literally, that word is sur, sur. To bring a man out that he may withdraw a man, it means I'm going to turn you aside from your purpose. Hmm. Well, what purpose here? When it defines purpose, the word purpose here is the deeds the works or the enterprise that you already had in mind. God says, I'm sending a dream so I can turn you away from the plans you made without me. Wow. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I'll turn you away to withdraw. Withdraw, turn you aside. Turn you aside. So God says, I see your plans and your plans are good, but your plans are going to eventually take you to a, the edge of a cliff where you're going to make some mistakes and lose some things that you really need dearly. It's going to hurt your marriage or hurt your kids. And you can't see it now because they're good plans. Right. But this dream you're about to have, this dream is going to slowly turn you just three degrees so that little course correction you make now from this dream huge. is going to be huge 20 years from now. And you won't even realize in 20 years that you would have been divorced 10 years ago yes, had you not heard that dream. Wow. I'm going to turn you aside wow. from your previously made plans. That seemed good. That seemed good. But good plans can lead to bad decisions. And if make, God ain't in it. And it makes it harder to hear God sometimes, is correct? Oh. When it's good, when something's good yes. in nature per se. Yes. Can it be harder to hear God? Because oh. we'll we'll ask him less in regard to it or be a little bit more closed off because it seems good. So mm. it could be trickier per se. Yes, sir. Is that could be why he chooses a dream to turn aside? I have a question. Okay. Absolutely. You're spot on. When you're playing, is the enemy of excellence being good. You have a lot of good musicians who are not good systemically because they didn't learn it correctly in the beginning. Yes, and it hinders you down the line. But if you think you're good, do you listen to people telling you it could be better? You have a harder time probably if you're not humble. It's the same thing. Because the next line is, he said, I'm going to turn you aside from your plan. Why? To hide pride from man. Oh, wow. Oh, forgot that was there. 
Absolutely. It totally goes into play with that. Yes, sir. Wow. He's saying your decisions and your plans aren't bad, but your decisions are going to take you or they're rooted in just enough pride that if you make this course correction, it's going to remove you from that pride. It's going to disconnect you from the need for you to be the most important thing in the equation. And just that little course correction, being good at something can be the enemy of becoming the best at something. I see. Okay. Because if you're a good cook, I found this for years. When I go to people's homes to eat and they're good cooks, I don't offer advice about food very much because I find people get intimidated if you eat their food and you say, oh, that was great. And then they ask you, well, what do you think could I have done it better? I'm always honest. I'll go, yeah, if you could add this or this or let it cook a little longer. And what I found in the early days was people who really didn't want to improve what they were doing would get offended the moment they heard. I see. That they could have improved. I see. But students. Right. A place of learning. Students always want to be critiqued. Mm. Only prideful people want to be celebrated in mediocrity because they have made it about their reputation, their emotion, but the humble, the humble say, change me, oh God. Yes. And the humble are looking up ah. then through the mirror. Yes. Because even as a musician, there's times like, oh, I, you, I think I'm good, you know, as you're going, but then I'm good subject or relatively. But when I look at my heroes or the guys that have gone before me and I see the level they're at, then it always makes me say, oh, I ain't that good. <laughs> You know, not in a self-deprecating way, but of humility of looking up to yes. what's possible. There's always, you know, line upon line, precept, and then there's always room to grow per se. But, it. It, but it's because I love being a student. Mm. You know, Jesus was a student. You know, we're, we're right. supposed to be students. So part of that, the, the protection measure for me as a musician mm. with feeling too good about myself, regard in the beginning especially, was that my heroes were all... I said, okay, you may think I'm good, but he's right. That's what I that's what I see as good. That's you that's know. excellent. That's where we're going. The Lord says the reason he's sending dreams, one of the major region, reasons, is because the Lord sees a future and a destiny that is so much brighter, mm. so much more fulfilled, so increased with productivity and who can be touched. And sometimes he sees a future that is simpler than what we've designed for ourselves. Ah, there you go. And so the dream sometimes looks like it's calling us to not do all the things we had in plan. Well, who will do it if I don't do it? Well, someone will, but maybe not you. That's where we have to go to, if it's a God dream, he's positioning my steps, he's taking me into destiny, and he's saving me from pride I don't see. Hmm. And turning me aside from things I think I need so that I can end up in a place that will be the most fulfilled in his heart and in his mind. It doesn't mean that doing it our way won't be good. It does mean it won't be the best. I think that's it, right? There. Yes, sir. <laughs> wow. That was, that summed it up really good. Yes, sir. Gee, it was. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that line right there. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and it's funny. We'll say to many of you, I, I think we may have to do a dream part three. I think so. I was thinking the same thing. Because <laughs> we never even got to no. the list of what we talked about before starting. I still have to unpack what you just said right there. <laughs> well, to many of you who are listening, 
we want to encourage you to pay attention to your dreams, to take the time to not run past them, but be intentional, be conscious, and ask the Lord, if this is a God dream and God is speaking to me, Lord, are you turning me aside from something? It doesn't mean that he's telling you what you were doing wasn't good. It doesn't mean what you're doing isn't the thing he wants you to focus on. It may be a small thing he wants you to add, improve on, or simply hold back in this season. A simple example, I was going to England years ago to minister and uh, I had a team prepared that we were all going to go together. And we were literally buying tickets. And my father had a dream. My father in North Carolina had a dream. He called me, he said, son, I don't know what this means, but I saw you and you were sitting in the front seat of your car driving. It was a white SUV. I said, okay. He said, you were driving and everybody in the vehicle was excited and talking. He said, and I could feel the presence of God in the vehicle. He said, and two people in the back, he described them and I knew exactly who they were. They were two people on the team that we were heading to England. He said, two of them in the back suddenly reached over. He had not met them. They reached over the wheel, reached over the seats and grabbed the wheel from me. Mm. And they were going, no, we need to go this way. He said, and when they grabbed the wheel, it turned the car just slightly. Uh -huh. He said, and because you were trying to get the wheel back from them and they were holding the wheel from you, but they couldn't see the road fully. He said, y'all went off the edge of a cliff. He said, and I woke up and prayed and said, Lord, what is this? And the Lord said, call him. And I knew exactly what it was. I had made some really good plans that I believed was God because these were people I had done ministry with before and we were great friends and still are great friends. From the dream, what the Lord was telling me, I'm turning you aside from your plan. Wow. You're taking a team over and y'all are going to teach together for seven days. Call the team and tell them they can't go on this trip. Mm. Why? Because something in their ear is going to make them on this trip, try to take over what the ministry is doing there and introduce something that I haven't given you to do. And it's going to cause the two of you to contend and it's going to wreck what I will build over okay. this next seven days. Okay. I said, well, what the Lord says, no, you don't need to call them and explain the dream because in their heart, they don't have any bad intention against you. Right. He said, you don't need to break relationship with them because it's simply this trip where that negative thing could happen. So if you remove this trip from the equation, y'all will be friends the rest of your life. You'll never have another issue. If you don't remove this trip, y'all are going to end up having an issue overseas. You won't be able to connect together and work together again for years. You're going to lose years of ministry and friendship over what you could fix through this dream. Wow. And now, would you say that's the problem? Discretion will preserve thee? Discretion will preserve. And the wisdom that you didn't, you knew, did you ask the Lord or did you knew in your spirit to not bring it up with them? Or did you say he, the Lord I, told you? I asked the Lord. Yes, Lord, that's okay. So I, once I heard the dream, internally I said, Lord, should I call them? He said, call them and let them know some things have come up. It's not the best time for them to go on the trip. Right. He said, and just figure it out just when you wisdom. get there but don't make it an issue about okay. them or you. He said, because they didn't have the dream. Right. You didn't have the dream. The dream uh, was to keep y'all 
from driving the wrong direction and you can't recover from it. I said, okay. That's what this scripture talks about. Exactly. You're right. That's exactly it. He opens the ears of men. He causes them not to lose any more wisdom. He seals up their instruction. He gave my father a dream. It opened his ear. He, when he spoke it to me, it sealed up the wisdom I was losing. I was making decisions that were good ministry wise, but not directed fully by the wisdom and timing of God that he may withdraw man from his purpose. So God pulled me from my decisions. He drew me back from my decision (laughs) and he hid pride from man. He kept pride so that I didn't make it about them. They didn't make it about me. We didn't get into a place of pride where we needed to fight about reputation. God spared us from a battle through one dream from someone who didn't even know the people who were going with me. God talks to us, but we have to be humble enough to hear. Amen. Yes, sir. To all of you who are listening, Patrick and I pray for you. Yes, sir. We pray that God's touch and his presence would be upon you. We pray for those who aren't dreaming, that you would begin to dream even this very night, that the spirit of the Lord would fall upon you. We pray that that same anointing that was upon Daniel, upon Joseph, upon Pharaoh, when Abraham and Sarah came into Egypt, upon Joseph and Mary, when God said by dream to leave the nation and protect baby Jesus. We pray that the same spirit of God would rest upon each of you, that God would give you dreams, clarity, understanding. We pray that you would never respond in fear, but in faith to what God shows you. We pray that God would show you what is a dream from him, a dream just of your own mind and a dream from life. And most of all, when you hear the Lord speak to you in a dream, we pray that you will turn aside, set your feet to do what he's leading you to do, not make it a huge daunting task, but simply ask him, how can I obey you? Do what he has given you and he will prosper your way and bless your heart. In Jesus' name, we pray this for you. Amen. Amen. Amen.